Hello there, my friends. Welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted to spend this hour with you. Thank you for reserving this time to spend with me. We come to you live every Thursday at four o'clock in the afternoon Pacific Coast time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. And we also offer you a replay through the KKNW app. And that plays at 6 a.m. for our early morning commuters on Pacific Coast time and 9 a.m. Eastern time. That's on Friday mornings. So thank you so much for joining me. I bring you a new topic every single week that in some way is regarding the storytelling or author's life or just the notion of getting in the groove of living your best life. I like to think that all of the self-development that has mattered to me and all of the learning and teaching around literature that once again mattered so much to me, as well as that mastery life coaching program that I loved. I just, I just enjoy bringing all of that together to offer a show for you. So we do this every Thursday. Today, I am thinking about the authors that I've been working with over the last year. I mean, did you notice we've only got five or six weeks left of this year? Wow. And um, this is the time of year where I hear people saying, I expected it to be a particular way and it didn't happen. Or they're saying, I expected it to be a particular way, and I have soared beyond those expectations. The two, the two are are coming in. Those that are saying, wow, this really didn't go as I, I thought it would, but in fact, something else has come of it. And and then the other person that said, you know, they they had kind of low expectations and they've soared beyond it. So I'm taking some of the things that have come out in conversations very, very recently, and I would be more than happy to combine what you have to say with today's show. We're looking at authors who skate into seasons of success and those who don't. Mm -hmm. There, there are some seasons where you just, you fly, you just fly right through the season. You, you can't be stopped. And then there's other seasons when you're like, wow, what's up? I, I need to get some advice here. It doesn't matter where you're at because wherever you're at is just where you're at. And the more we can accept where I'm at, the more we can relate with the season we're going through, learn from it, accept it, love it, and move on to the next one. I definitely find there are seasons when I'm really at the top of my game and there's seasons where, where I, I notice certain patterns, especially summer. I notice certain patterns of coming into summer and really wanting time off but then to my surprise, sometime in summer, I'll get very, very inspired to write about something. And it's really in an impromptu. My environment is spurring it on. Whereas a common pattern for me around the holidays is that I hunker down. I spend a good amount of time alone before Thanksgiving or before the Christmas holiday. And I really unload whatever's been on my mind. I've, I've noticed this summer pattern and I've noticed this holiday pattern. And I don't fault myself for either one. I accept that that's kind of how I am. Fall and spring haven't really noticed um haven't really noticed consistent patterns so much there, or at least I can't call them to mind at this moment, but you might have your own. 
So let's talk about that. What are some of your patterns? And I'm going to share with you how authors just, yeah, they skate through these seasons and go straight to their success. And then there's those others who they really need help finding their way through the middle phases or even even the finishing up phases. So write to me at, you could write to me at my Gmail address, and that is askcoachdebbie, Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And you could write to me on my Facebook page, and you could call into the show. Wouldn't that be fun? We could talk right here. The number for that is 1-888-298-5569. And if you are local, we are here in Bellevue, Washington, KKNW, and we are having a most rainy day. So it is very, very possible that the locals are hanging out inside and that your phone is nearby. So go ahead and pick it up. If you want to talk about this topic of how authors skate through seasons to their success, or really if there's any topic at all on your mind around storytelling or authoring or just simply living your best life. Let's talk. Let's figure out what you're going through. There's all kinds of ways that people are unstoppable, you could say. I see that word a lot, being unstoppable or being, you know, the boss woman that you are, that kind of talk. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It, it shows a real belief in self and it, it shows a confidence that is often the sort of person that is moving quickly to success. So point number one I want to make right now is if you can believe in it and if you can add some language to it, like, you know, I'm unstoppable. Oftentimes that, that works as a bit of a catalyst in your life. It, it helps you set your shoulders back, helps you sit up straight, helps you walk real tall. It's not so much that it's a phony baloney thing. It's that it's a, a little guide. It guides you along. And while it's a very simple thing to do, it's also simple to forget. We're going to start here with simple things. And I'm also going to offer some real deep things. But what, what do you know to apply this rule to? For example, where in your life do you already see yourself as one who is the boss woman or who is unstoppable or who has confidence. Where are you in this pattern? Sometimes I see this pattern in myself when I'm planning an event. I recently was planning a retreat. I had a retreat in the wine country, Woodenville, Washington. It was so pretty and so rewarding for me. And it catapulted some of my writers into their next phase. It was something that I knew I could do. And it was honestly something that I've been thinking about doing for just a very, very long time. The idea first came to me when I was in grad school over 20 years ago. And the idea would pop in my mind and then it would pop out and it'd pop back in. It'd never go too far, but I wanted, I wanted to create a retreat. And I knew I had the confidence as a teacher to come through. So why wasn't I doing it? 
So what I did was I leaned into that part of me that was confident. I said, you know, I know I could teach it. What are the other parts that need to happen that just feel very new to me? And one part was, well, I'm I'm used to being at a college where others do, you know, my photocopying, they they pick my room assignment, they make sure that the technology in the room is working, all that stuff. Now it's going to be on me. I don't know if I feel so confident about that. But I realized that's that's really small compared to being able to offer all of the content for the retreat. Why don't I just get on the phone and see who can help me out? So I took a task that honestly has kept me from looking into retreats for a while and just made it small. I leaned into the idea that I know how to teach this thing. Why am I making the technological side of it so big? I don't need to do that. I just need to find someone who is already confident in that area. And so I did. And that task got scratched off my list the same day I put it on my list. But I went from being in a state of thinking about it and contemplating it and really going nowhere to leaning into my confidence that I feel in another area. I feel confident as a teacher. So why not bring that confidence to this area of, hmm, I need some help with technology. What's the next thing I should do? I should get on the phone and see who can help. Bam. I mean, that's the path. You know, writers, we think that so many tasks that are in front of us are unsurmountable. But there are other writers, there are other authors with a lot of experience that just skate through things that we actually erect into these huge walls of conflict. But what would it be like to just realize there's a part of us that is already confident? And what if we let that part of us do some of the leading? You might have experience with this. If you would like to write in, you can write to me at AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. AskCoachDebbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y at gmail.com. Looks like Jennifer has written in. So in a few minutes, we're going to take our first break, and that'll give me time to see what Jennifer has to say. And we will talk to her. But just moving along here, I want to get into point number two. And that is sometimes we watch authors skate through seasons. We just see them be so confident. And what we don't realize is that they are in a season, actually, of committing to overcoming some kind of condition. So have you ever, like I, I've noticed this with friends. I've noticed friends who are out jogging every single day. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. You know, because the weather right now is not so great. And getting off the couch when the weather's not so great is a big deal. Sometimes I'll ask someone, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you motivate yourself to run every day? And they say, oh, well, right now I'm in the middle of a 30-day challenge. So I'm just, I'm running every day, but I don't have a marker of how long I have to go. I just have to get out and go. And I'm like, oh, you're in a challenge. And they say, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to overcome, you know, being a couch potato. I'm, I'm trying to overcome an old habit. I'm trying to overcome conditioning. Well, authors are the same. We're exactly the same. We'll see a friend of ours just cruising along in the book writing club. 
just moving along through their draft. And we're like, wow, how did you do that? And they say, well, I, I challenged myself. I told myself I wanted to write 100 pages in one month. So this is what I did because without a challenge, I would just stay in my old patterns. Mm -hmm. If we don't know that people are in a season where they're really stepping up to a new challenge and they're really trying to overcome some way of conditioning, we'll just think that's how they are all the time, by nature, born with it. We don't know. We don't know that they're actually really putting what they've got to the test. And when we find out, you know, we could either join forces with them or follow in their great example, because sometimes it does take committing to two weeks or 30 days or even 90 days of doing something new and different to really be able to later on skate through a season straight through success. So I hope this is serving you. There's two big tips right there. We're going to take our first break. Jennifer, I'm going to see what you have to say, and we're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Monday morning at 7 o'clock. Whether you're looking to stay in the workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Mondays at 7 o'clock a.m. here on KKNW to get re-energized, recharged, and Reignited. Hi, I'm Nathan Mum, host of Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum on KKNW. Tech Time Radio's live show is Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can always check us on the web at techtimeradio.com. Our segmented stylized radio gives you the breaking news before it hits mainstream media. Join myself and Mike Rodea as we'll make you laugh. That's good. Hooked so, on phonics worked for you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. And learning something new in technology, join us Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. and Thursdays from 6 to 7 a.m. The technology show for the everyday common person. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, my friends. We are talking today about those seasons where authors, it just seems like seasoned authors just skate through the seasons of writing straight on into success. How do they do that? What are they up to? What do they know that we don't know? Well, one thing is that it looks very different when it's not you. You know how that is. You have all these friends on Facebook. Their life looks one way, but when you talk to them, you find out a whole lot more is going on. And it's no different for an author. When, when we know about our patterns, we have a little more control of how to work through certain seasons. So one thing is to really start to look at how do we behave in the summertime with our writing? How do we behave in the wintertime with our writing? And you can even apply this to anything. If you're not someone who sees yourself as a writer, you know, how do you behave with your family values in the summer? How do you behave with your family values at the holidays? I have friends that completely immerse themselves in family when it is summertime because that's a time when they just feel like they shine and family is happy. But there's something heavy about holidays for them. And that's when when, you know, they go rogue or they just (laughs) isolate or find their way into their man cave or their woman hovel or whatever it is that they have. And they noticed, wow, you know, I have different patterns at different times. 
The the great philosopher Joseph Campbell talked about the hero's journey as a call. The hero would be on a journey and would get a call to bust into an adventure. And one of the things that I like to point out to my writers, because I use the framework of the hero's journey a lot in my teachings, is I like to tell my writers that it is so common and it is just so natural to feel the call, to feel the adventure rising up inside of you and saying yes to it and getting really excited about it. And then, you know, two weeks, a month, three months later, you think, what have I done? Oh my goodness. I can't even believe I said yes to this thing over there. What was I thinking? Well, now that's called the refusal of the call. I mean, originally you felt the call, you felt the adventure and you rose up and you said yes, but you got a little ways out there and you got scared and you started to refuse that any sort of invitation could suit you. No, no, no. I don't want to write this book now. No, no, no. I changed my mind. I don't like it. (laughs) And this is normal. Most everyone even if they don't say it out loud, they they have a, a dark night of the soul, if not many, where they have to face the fact that they think they want to put it down. One thing I have to do as a coach, especially when I'm interviewing brand new clients, is I have to really, really get a sense that the person that wants to be in group coaching or individual coaching is committed because I am committed. As soon as I tell someone, yes, you can enter the program or yes, I will mentor you one-on-one, I will not quit. In other words, I will not refuse the call to be their mentor. I'm in. They have invested with their money. We're on. And yet, it is also really, really important to know that they might try to wiggle away. <laughs> they might say, oh, this, this is more than I thought. Well, now, I didn't take them on if I didn't think they could do it. There's plenty of people that I've said, you know, I just want to suggest that for the next month or two, you listen to my free show and you come to my free classes and here's when they're offered. You know, there are people that just don't qualify. But for the person who qualifies, who's hearing the call of adventure, I'm pretty darn good at knowing they're ready for a season of writing. And so we begin, but I'm not going to quit. And even when they feel like they might want to quit, you know, maybe we have to put in a little pause or maybe we have to rewrite the contract a little to fit their needs. But what's so, so important is that you have, and this is coming to my third point here, is that you have some sort of mentoring or spiritual guidance or daily practice that really brings you back to your dream to write this book. Because dreams aren't born just so they could die. That's not it at all. That's never the right answer. You don't manifest the dream to write a book or to give a speech or to begin a podcast. You don't You don't manifest that just to fail and and to embarrass yourself. Mm -mm. And it doesn't always mean you're going to skate easily through the seasons straight into success. Might be something in the middle. But I really, really know from experience. And keep in mind, I have worked with nearly 13,000 writers over the last 20 some years. What I know is that people don't dream up 
and feel in their heart the desire to write something if they're not meant to write something, you know? You, you see children all the time lighting up, excited about something, and then 20 years later, you see them talking about a career they're taking on, and you realize long ago when they were playing with Lincoln Logs, they were preparing themselves to be an architect, you know? And you're not all that surprised. Or long ago when they were playing with their Susie Crock-Pot kitchen set, they were getting all ready to wear a chef's hat. You're not surprised. It cooked up in them long ago, that dream. So we don't want to just lay these to rest so easily. If we hear the call, we answer the call. And we know. We know a desire or a season might come along where we don't feel like we know exactly how to stay on course with it. And that's when you want to, my third point here, that's when you want to lean into the help of a mentor, a spiritual practice, a journaling practice, because you're going to meet up again with that adventure you felt when you originally wanted to do the writing. It's there. It hasn't died in you. What do you say we go to Jennifer? She has written in, I have not heard from Jennifer for quite some time. Jennifer says, we last spoke right when the pandemic hit. And I told you I would write a book. Well, I have not finished it yet. How long does it take, anyway, to write a book? Maybe a 200-page book. I have a lot of excuses of why I'm not done yet, but maybe the truth is that they're not excuses after all and that we all deserve a break due to the pandemic. Can I get you to buy into that? (laughs) Sure, sure, I'm happy to buy into that. Um... I lost my place. Anyway, did I tell you about my book? I really have a great idea around weight loss. Even though the pandemic kept me at home and I lost my job, I did do a fair bit of writing. And I learned that weight loss is something you can do not only in isolation, but just using things in your home. You know, those Campbell's soup cans? They supported me in my journey of weight loss. But here's my dilemma. Not only am I not sure how to finish my book, I'm probably halfway there at best, but I don't really know why anyone would listen to me when I'm not a bona fide professional. Can you give me some helps or maybe we could talk about mentoring? Okay. Jennifer, So many of us are in that thought pattern that only the expert writes a book. And then not only do we say that, not only do we say that someone has to be an expert, but they have to be an expert to experts. And then after we decide that that's true, we decide they have to have been an expert for X amount of years. And then we decide they have to have been an expert at X college teaching X people for, and we just stack on and stack on and stack on that expert lingo. And what we're really doing is saying, I just don't know if I fit in. It's kind of what I was saying a minute ago. We feel the call. I mean, you said you started this when the pandemic hit. I remember I remember some writing and talking we did back and forth about you finding a topic because you just felt like it was finally time to write. I don't know if I remembered that it was going to be about weight loss specifically, but I can tell you that if you at home without a job using soup cans, figured out how to lose weight, 
there's a lot of other people that would like to learn about that. There are plenty of people that are at home that don't have gym memberships that would love to know what you're up to, what motivated you to do it this way, how did you stick with it, what should they be doing. When you answer those six things, the who, what, where, when, whys, and hows for a person, you're you're in no need of being a so-called expert. But just to reassure you, Jennifer, I'm thinking you're probably a real expert on your own experience. Wouldn't you say? I mean, if you've been at home without work and you've been writing during the pandemic, you've come to know yourself better. What is it from that experience, particularly around weight loss and how you used I mean, how much does a a Campbell's soup can weigh when it's got soup in it? I don't really know. Is it a pound or two? If you implemented a way to lose weight just using those, um, you've got a reader right here. I want to know about it. But I also want to remind you that while you may not have majored in health and wellness, uh, you you have a story, and that's what so many of us are curious about. What's your story? TV, TV could not go on if we weren't all curious about what's your story. Song lyrics would never be written if the general public wasn't curious. What's your story? And oh, that's my story too, right? Isn't it wonderful when you turn on the radio and you hear a song and you say to a friend, oh, I love the song. And they go, oh, I do, too. And they know all the words and you know all the words and maybe you sing all the words together. You're you're really delighting a lot in the tune and the story, the story of the song. Something that Toni Morrison said, um, was it Toni Morrison? Oh, I better look it up here. I've got it. I know I've got it on my phone. Nope, nope. It was Maya Angelou. It was Maya Angelou said this. This is a quote that I've got it almost word for word. I can almost recite it by memory, but I've pulled it up here because I don't I don't want to mess it up on the air. Listen to this one. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. People will never forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou, people will never forget how you made them feel. So your readers, they're not going to memorize your book and they're not going to remember every single last tip you, you offered them. But how you make them feel in the book, Jennifer, how you touch their heart, how you relate to them, that's what they remember. And so with that, all I can say is you get yourself back to that book. You keep on writing. And yes, of course, yes, we can talk about mentoring. I'm glad you brought it up. In fact, if you are listening to this show live, and since you wrote in, I hope you are, I want you to know that I am offering a VIP. Mm-hmm. This is a one week where you and I plan out your book. And we actually do that over a day, not a whole day, but we do that in a day. And then for the, the week, you are doing tweakage to that plan. You're figuring out how it works with your message, maybe your brand. It's it's just a real jump start before you get into the new year. This is my, my VIP planning session. And I'm filling up, but I do have a little bit of space left, Jennifer. What do you say? You get in touch with me today And I will offer that to you for half price. All right. I just want to appreciate you for having the courage to write in. And I would love to work with you. 
It doesn't matter that you've already done a fair amount of writing on this. It sounds like if you've stalled out, you need a little bit of help on your plan. And I really do appreciate you asking me about mentorship. I do have other programs, by the way, that are coming up for the new year. And if you register for them in this year, as we only have five or six weeks left, uh, you get this year's prices. They will go up next year. So I encourage you, if you are writing a book, revamping your brand, putting out a blog, getting ready to do your TED Talk, starting up that podcast. Basically, if you know you have a story and you're finding a platform to get it out there, I would be more than happy to talk to you about a way to do that. If we do it this year, even if we don't even start to do the work until next year, you get this year's prices. So reach out to me, coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. If you click on connect, it will send you to a form where you can just write me a, a letter or a sentence or two. It'll go straight to me. Nobody reads it but me. And I can tell you what might work out. We can schedule a call if that sounds good. All kinds of things available there. So let me see if anybody else has written in for help. We're talking about these seasons that authors just skate through. Don't leave now. We'll be right back after this break. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about those authors that they just seem to skate their way into success. They just have season upon season where it looks so flawless. What are they up to? What are they doing? What can we learn from them? I've been offering you some tips, so let me just review these. One is I noticed that a lot of authors, you know, they they look a little better than what's going on on the inside, kind of like how Facebook can be. Things look really good on Facebook, but if you sit down and have a conversation with someone, you find out there are some real challenges. Well, authors are no different. They come up with ways to challenge themselves or maybe their coach challenges them to help them overcome some sort of conditioning. One of the conditions I used to have, and oh, did I need help on this, was that I would always plan my writing for evening. Now, as a teacher at a college, this didn't work. Why? Because whatever I didn't get done at school, I had to do at night. And that just bumped all my time for writing right out the window. Day after day, week after week, year after year. It was really incredible when someone came along and just told me, <laughs> you know, that my remedy for success was never going to work because I was stuck. I was conditioned into this failure pattern. So I had to challenge myself to start getting up just a little bit earlier and see what it was like to take on a month of writing early in the morning. Ooh, you know what happened? Well, at first I, I, I kind of, uh, I rebelled. 
I rebelled by saying, okay, I'm going to write for an hour and I'd only find, you know, 12, 15 minutes, something like that. But what I started to find was that I could keep my word regarding those 12 or 15 or 20 minutes. I could do that. So I decided I don't need to write for an hour. I need to respect what's working. And that was the start of new conditioning. When when you make it too hard, it just might not happen. But if you give yourself a challenge and and start to lean into, hey, I'm I'm not doing an hour, but I did do 15 minutes. And I think I'm going to do 15 minutes again tomorrow. And you start to notice a new pattern coming on. That's that's your new conditioning. But it takes challenging yourself so that it happens. And now I don't really have to do anything like that unless, of course, don't tell anyone. But, you know, when you start a new project, sometimes there's extra special nervousness going on there. And then I have to, you know, tweak it a bit. All right, moving on to another point we talked about, and that is sometimes we just need guidance. We need a spiritual practice. For some, it's meditation. For others, it's getting out and having a big walk. For some, it's going to your journal and writing out those feelings so you're not just wrapped up in emotions. For others, it's getting a mentor. I have leaned into the energy of mentors, and I have been the mentor for many. I can only say great things about mentoring. And then just a moment ago, we were talking about the fact that we often will feel the adventure just bubbling up inside of us, right? We'll feel called forward to do something, and then... Oh, we get scared. We get scared and we start to refuse that call. As Joseph Campbell would say, we feel called to adventure. And then two weeks, two months, whenever we're refusing the call going, no, 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 I changed my mind. (laughs) And yeah, that's, that's a normal feeling, but you really, really want to have some conditions in place that maybe you borrow from other parts of your life that work really well because the refusal, the refusal, the idea that I can't write this after all, I'm no good at writing, I wasn't meant to do this, that's, that's nothing more than an anxious thought. But your dream, your dream is to follow through on the adventure. So it's essential you get back to that. The refusal, that's just a tiny little phase. The dream, that's the big thing. So I just want to remind you, if you dreamt it up, it's ready for you. Another thing I want to talk about, too, this kind of came up in a coaching session with um, my client, Julia, and I were talking today, and she pointed out that her astrological sign is Libra. And I've always kind of been a little envious of those types. They're known for balance, especially if they are rising in their um, higher levels of astrology. And I probably have to leave out all astrology lessons beyond that because I'm certainly no expert in that. But yeah, the Libra is known for balance. Well, here's a lesson for writers. We, we really need to find a way, especially if we want to do well in a season of writing, you know, say 90 days or more, we really need to find a way to balance out our faith, uh-huh, our faith in ourself as a writer with our time management. Now, what I can tell you about that is the person that can never make the time to write is really having a struggle with their faith and their ability to do it. 
And ask me how I know. I already, in fact, gave you an example of this from my, my teaching. Just that fear that whatever I had said, well, in fact, I was really excited about writing coming of age stories, maybe even children's stories eventually. But because I was teaching in a college, I didn't think I had the right credentials for that. I had stopped my early education um, at my master's level because I knew I wanted to be a college instructor. So would I be the best fit for that? Those ideas started to go through my head. And I'm sure you've had similar ideas. So because I was lacking the faith that I could really pull it off, I just made myself busier and busier and busier and busier and busier until I just absolutely had no time at all. Well, that doesn't serve me. That doesn't serve you. That doesn't serve anyone. This, this inability to find some balance, it, it doesn't help. What I've noticed is that there's usually a desire to write because we've had experience with something and it changed us. There's, there's this desire. There's this hunger to get something down on paper. One of my clients, Don, uh, Don B, he is writing to jazz percussionists and he's teaching them how to swing. I mean, is that cool or what? Talking about a niche there. How many people have written about that? Well, I don't know. But there's no reason why Don can't. And Don is finding time to do that. But what he's realizing is that because he is a jazz percussionist and he can swing, he's had a lot of experiences and he wants to bring them to his readers. So in a way, he's transferring this excitement, this joy, this knowledge to someone else. And wouldn't you say that's part of being balanced? You know, that we don't hoard it all to ourselves, but that we actually go out there and we share. We share our experience. My sense is that Don is quite the expert on this. But even when we're not, why not answer that call and share the experience? Balance ourselves out by giving back in an area where we have triumphed to some degree. You know, earlier I was, I was thinking about a quote that... Um, Toni Morrison said, and during the break, I found it here. I really love this. She says, do you know who Toni Morrison is? She's a great fiction writer. She, she passed on about five years ago. And one of the books I loved by her was called Beloved. Another one was called Song of Solomon. Another one was called Sula. Um, really, really talented writer and teacher of writing, Toni Morrison, female. Anyway, she says this. I love this quote. Just remember that your real job is that if you are free, you need to free somebody else. Mm -hmm. Listen to that again. Just remember that your real job is that if you are free, you need to free somebody else. And so much of writing is about just that. I mean, Jennifer was saying that during the pandemic, she found herself home without a job, doing some writing, working out, losing weight, and employing Campbell's soup cans to help her out. She has an experience. She empowered herself. A lot of people, when they're unemployed, are not empowering themselves. She lost weight. Every time I've been unemployed, I've been doing the opposite. <laughs> I've been gaining weight. And she didn't go out and buy the, 
next best $3,000 piece of equipment, although you could. But she found a way to put soup cans to work and she has something to say about it to the extent that when Jennifer wrote to me, she asked if I would assist her with her book. Now, she could have said her two page article or she could have said her blog. The nice thing about a blog, just a side note, is you don't have to commit to a certain number of pages. You're just committing to a certain theme. And when you run out of things to say, go on to a new theme. It's that simple. But in Jennifer's case, she went, yeah, yeah, I got something I could share here. That's elevating and freeing others because you found a way to elevate and free yourself. It's a beautiful thing to do. It's a way we balance ourselves out. We go from, instead of being just overbooked and having no time to write about it, no time to talk about it, and we find ourselves leaning into the faith that, hey, I had an experience, and hey, I think I'd like to pass that on. Even if I've just got a reader or two right now, and believe me, as soon as your writing hits the stands, you have far more than a reader or two, all right? When you decide you're going to balance out your faith and your time to do something, what you do is you produce writing and you start to be the author skating through a season. You are in production mode. And this is what allows any author in any season to start skating, is that they feel productive. They are producing a page a day, two pages a day, 500 words a day, whatever it is. Now, I just want to send out one last warning, okay? If you are the writer who doesn't do anything for 29 days out of the month and you save up that one last day of the month to crank out eight hours of writing, I just want to let you know that's the hard way, all right? I've had a couple of people that are new to book writing that have asked me about this. I do not recommend it. It is the very hard way. But I also want to say, when you're feeling the desire, when you're hearing a call to adventure and you don't want to refuse it, I give you my word. If you qualify for one of my programs, and we'll know this after just a quick 20 or 30 minute call, I will not quit on you, and I will help you to ensure that you don't quit on you. Even if you need a little pause, if this adventure has called to you, I want to make sure you reach back to it and see this through. That's how you skate through your season straight to your success. I hope this topic has served you, my friends. It is always a delight to come to you and to talk about storytelling and how you are authoring your life. I want to wish you a beautiful, beautiful week. And until next time, namaste, my friends. 